Hi, and welcome to The Caption Life, a show for the most casual and dedicated fans of comics and a member of the Comic Watch family. I am your host, Sean. Join me and discover what the world of comics and graphic novels has to offer. From one-on-one interviews with industry professionals to roundtable discussions with passionate fans and reviews on the latest comics, TV shows, and movies. You can find me on social media under the username at Caption Life. You can also find more episodes and information at thecaptionlife.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. In this episode, we're going to talk about something that's a little bit more adjacent to comics, and that is anime. Now, maybe you're a huge fan of anime. Maybe you never watched it before and you don't know what it is. Or maybe you're like me where you grew up with anime but never really got into it until later in adulthood. I know for me, that was Star Wars Visions that kind of changed the whole experience of anime for me personally. So for this discussion, I wanted to bring in an expert on the show to talk about this popular genre. So today we have Yassine Muhammad joining us, who is better known on social media as Yassine That Guy. Yassine That Guy has experienced exponentially fast growth when he started on TikTok, as his followers immediately related to and found comfort in the 26-year-old. As an advocate for mental health, something he shares openly with his audience, the mission became clear to share his infectious energy, smile, and love for anime and all fandoms while creating a safe space for fans to express their excitement and love as well. With his 200,000-plus followers as part of his journey, Yassine That Guy will now be heading up anime Onlys, which is the new anime section on the Nerd Initiative Network. You've seen that guy. Welcome to the show. Hello. That, wow. Thank you for the the, the warm welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that, um, you know, we get a lot of people come on the show and say the same thing about when they hear their bio read out loud. I think it's a, yeah. just a different experience for them as well, too. So No, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you and I actually met each other through the Nerd Initiative because we're both a part of that network. And I remember the excitement and love you have about anime. And I remember thinking in the back of my mind that this was somebody I wanted to get on the show to talk about this because if it's anybody who can convince anyone that anime is a great genre and form to really dive into for me mm-hmm. it's going to be you and so um, to Thanks. start off I wanted to ask you what is your anime origin story was there someone or something that introduced you to anime mm-hmm. and what was it that made you a fan of that genre so my I would say my story is a little bit weird not okay. weird um <laughs> I think it's a common trait amongst anime fans of like when, especially my generation, we watched anime without realizing it was anime mm-hmm. um, because you on like Cartoon Network, you had shows like Yu-Gi-Oh on uh, Disney. You had shows like Digimon and then Pokemon, but it never really clicked for me that that was anime mm-hmm. until much later on when I realized, oh, I've been watching anime this entire time. Right. Um, <laughs> but I had a neighbor who introduced me to Yu-Gi-Oh and that was kind of, I, that's the one anime like I knew that was anime and I was immediately hooked and then from there it went from uh, Yu-Gi-Oh to uh, Dragon Ball Z Mm -hmm. Um, he had the Boo Saga on DVD and we watched the entire thing in a day Um, and then it went to Naruto Um, but honestly the weird thing about me is like I make anime content and you you would think that someone who makes anime content has watched all these different pieces of anime read manga but in comparison to other creators or other anime fans, I haven't watched or read as much as them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in this period of time where like, I, I watched, like, uh, like I said, I watched uh, Naruto quite a lot. Um, and I started watching bits and pieces here and there of other things. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until college when I was with my with my ex and she was a huge anime fan. She kind of really introduced me more into the world itself and kind of showed me oh, there's so much more out there than you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I kind of started getting into all the other anime and um, really diving more into the genre. Um, and then here we are now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and and I, I think that a lot of us can relate to what you're saying, though, with anime. Because I know for me, for comics, I can say mm-hmm. this with, you know, with a lot of confidence that I don't think there's anybody out there that can claim they've read every single comic from Marvel and DC that's out there, you know? And so I think that, you know, for someone to be a passionate fan and, you know, an expert in a area or something like that, I don't think they need to have read every single piece or know everything 
about the ins and the ins and out of that genre necessarily, but mm-hmm. just the fact that when I watch your TikTok videos, it's clear that you have a passion for it and that you've done a lot of research and have a lot of knowledge yeah. about that as well too. So I I appreciate your honesty and frankness about how you know growing up and everything like there's and still now like there's still a lot that you haven't seen and everything, but I think mm-hmm. you know you still have seen a lot, and, and I don't think if if we had sat down and just watch and read everything that's out there, like we would not be working or doing anything else with our lives, right? Like that would just Very be true. it. Yeah. It's just not feasible. It's just not feasible. So, um, so as your bio states, you quickly gained a massive following on TikTok with the content mm-hmm. you've made about anime. What has that journey been like for you? Uh, pretty wild, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, especially because it is anime. It's not something I you know I ever thought I'd be making content around, um, <laughs> especially with, you know, how I started because I started back in, 2013 i believe on youtube and i just mm-hmm. kind of started making random things here and there because i just really i've kind of just fell in love with making content um and from there i jumped from gaming to comedy sketches back to gaming into some other things and then i kind of got into music uh, and this kind of where the kind of the the two worlds of my personal life and the content creator life kind of intertwine mm-hmm. um, because during college I started going I got honestly still a battle I deal with today when I, I mentioned in the bio uh, my mental health journey mm-hmm. um, I struggle a lot with anxiety and depression and it got to a point where like I wasn't really sure like I knew who I was but I didn't know who I who I who I am if that makes sense okay yeah um, and it was kind of like and it came with the content because I was doing music and one of the things of marketing was like okay, you're going to have music you can put out, but who are you as the artist? And who? what's the kind of the, the story that you want to share with others? And I was like, oh, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, I was like, okay, then who am I? And I started re-exploring my love for Marvel, my love for anime, my love for this fandom as a whole, and kind of started getting back into it. And that kind of led me to TikTok of just, I got on TikTok because I was supposed to be doing something with music. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, that's the obvious solution there was to do that. But I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, I'm just going to be myself. Mm-hmm. And I started uploading just random anime videos of me just doing random trends. And then it started getting into anime quizzes and anime games. And then um, it started getting into just kind of the world of being an anime fan. And that's kind of when people started trickling in. And then I don't know, I don't know what it was, but I started getting into anime facts. I, I think I, start, I just started researching everything because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times with, with anime, something will be explained in the show and you still don't understand what happened. So you have to go <laughs> go research to figure out what's going on still. Right. Yeah. Um, and I started posting those videos. And when I started doing that, that's when things really started to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I love doing now. I just, I love trying to understand characters um their backstories their history um but most importantly i I mentioned this with someone else too is that i know for anime and this is for all fandom Mm -hmm. uh people really connect with characters um relate with characters find comfort in characters so the ability to give more information about someone's favorite character so they know more about them Mm -hmm. so they feel more connected with that character that kind of goes back to what i'm doing now why i do what i do now right um just to kind of bridge more connections between the fan and the character and um, give them some more comfort in their life. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and I love how you shared that it kind of stems from the question of reflecting who am I really? And mm-hmm. I think for that's just kind of the essential experience of being a person and being human yeah. is we're always asking that question to ourselves as we're going through the various stages of life, right? Like I remember asking myself that same question when I was in middle school, high school, college, and even as an adult, um, through various stages of life and everything. Mm-hmm. So as a young adult, then when I became a husband and became a father and, and asking those questions and still just now, just what does that all mean for me and everything? Mm-hmm. And, and I know, you know, to share my personal story real mm-hmm. quick and what I'm getting at is that I actually have a degree in Catholic studies and grew up Catholic. And my goal was mm-hmm. just to teach high school theology you know, until I retire. And that ended like third year of my career of teaching. And so <laughs> I had to figure out like the next 40 years of my life. And so that yeah. was like a huge question of, I had thought I was going to do this, you know, for the rest of my life. And now I'm not even Catholic anymore. So I had a huge uh, existential, you know, question of living over my head. It's like, now that I'm not doing that, like, who am I type mm. of person? But the content you're making about the different characters of anime and giving people that comfort, 
when I look around my life, there is a clear connection between the worlds of fandoms that we are a part of and how that does tie into our identity, right? Like I think it's not just the Marvel comics and the anime and the anime and and manga and stuff like that. But, you know, for people who might enjoy sports or might enjoy Mm -hmm. reading and things like that, like those are always part of their identity somehow. So I think it's really great that framing your content, not only is it great content that you have a lot of people enjoy it, but it's part of, yeah, it is, you know, and (laughs) it's part of their own experience as well too. And I really love kind of framing it in terms of, the content that you and I make might help people in shaping their own identity and, and thinking through, you know, how they see the world through their lens as well, too. So I think that's yeah. that's a really cool story that you shared. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story, your story as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So let's talk about anime. For those who are not familiar with what anime is or maybe they've only heard the term before. Can you tell us exactly what is anime or what makes a show or a movie or anything fall under that genre? So this question is really interesting because I think the definition is starting to change a lot Mm -hmm. um, just within the fandom itself, because by definition, you would say anime is any piece of animation that comes from Japan Mm -hmm. um, because that's where, you know, that's what originates. But however, anime is starting to transcend the culture, the Japanese culture, Mm -hmm. and it's starting to make its way into the U.S., the U.K., everywhere around the world. And you, you find you find fans wanting to create their own manga and wanting to, uh, you know, make their own anime as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this is why personally, I think a huge debate with the anime community is, is Avatar the Last Airbender an anime? Mm -hmm. Um, Technically it's not because it's made in America, but it's heavily inspired by themes that you would see in anime. Mm -hmm. So I think right now, I think you consider anything anything anime really i think it's anything that that really has those themes that you would find in anime in any like what am i trying to say (laughs) (laughs) no already it sounds like it's a lot more like it started as a simple thing but now with its growth it's kind of complex because just like what you said it seems like a lot of um companies and people are emulating that but Mm -hmm. it's not originating in japan so it so it's interesting that it kind of falls in this weird space of is it anime or is it not yeah, because of that yeah. technicality. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. But I mean, I think as a whole, you would you would still say anything that any animation that comes from Japan. Mm-hmm. But I I think in a in a more personal sense and how we're seeing um, the medium grow and evolve, it's starting to become anything that captures those themes that you would see in an anime. Mm-hmm. Um, which Avatar: The Last Airbender is a great example of that. Um, of capturing those themes that you would find in anime just in terms of messaging, character development. And it feels like uh, what normally is called a shonen, yes. where you have a character kind of going through this entire journey of, from someone who may be weak or just going through something and then in the end becoming this person they're meant to be in the end. Mm-hmm. Um which I would, that's where I would, I'm about to go into a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> but, do but that's definitely a later question of like, <laughs> When it comes to like recommending anime, for example, I think, you know, that's a great, great way to look at it is like uh, find something that you're actually already interested in mm-hmm. because something you're interested in is already being captured in anime in some kind of in some kind of way. Right. Right. Awesome. So that's really fascinating. And, and you know, you were talking about the themes and, and the theme that you just shared about um, the Shonen one. Mm-hmm. I mean, we actually seen that in, you know, Star Wars A New Hope back in the 70s, yeah. that same yeah. idea of that journey that someone goes through. So like, mm-hmm. so now that the definition seems to kind of expand a little bit more beyond just did it originate in Japan? um are there like if someone is watching anime or watching something that they're wondering, is this anime or not? Mm-hmm. Um, are there like certain artistic styles or anything that you can kind of pick out that says like when they are using this, this is either definitely anime or heavily mm-hmm. influenced by anime when they're looking at the animation itself? That's a great question. Um, I'm not sure I can give the best answer. <laughs> That's OK. Honestly, yeah. Um, when it comes to like thematics and everything, like pinpointing exactly what comes from it from anime and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wish I can give a better better answer on that. <laughs> honestly, no, no, that's okay. Well, and, and I'll share my experience mm-hmm. um, that I mentioned already is that 
Uh, last year, I watched Star Wars Visions because I was asked by Comic Watch to do a mm-hmm. review because I'm a reviewer for them. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that it's an anime, so I was really intrigued to see you know what this is because at that time, I was not an anime person. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating is that I watched that show or I watched this, the season. And I think they're coming out with the season two, I think, next year. And I absolutely love it because it really opened up the world of anime for me in terms of what it is and what it isn't and what Mm -hmm. it can be. Mm -hmm. And I will say that if I was asked that same question of what was about Star Wars Visions that you could tell that it was anime, I would have a hard time answering that question as well, too, because it's one of those (laughs) things where it's there. They're, it's clear that the anime, but they're all very different because it's different studios for each episode. Right. So it wasn't just one studio for Star Wars Visions, but each episode was done by a different studio. So when I watched it, I was like, I remember thinking to myself, this is clearly anime, but I can only tell because I seen it. I can't really mm-hmm. describe how I know that's all anime. You know, what mm-hmm. it's that. It's mm-hmm old adage of, you know, I know it when I see it type of thing, but it's yeah. hard to explain, <laughs> you know, what that is. So I, I totally get yeah. that. And and I think um, I think that's going to be just like we said, the question of what makes something anime is still evolving beyond the originality of it being something that was created in Japan, because now it's just expanding more that I think it's going to be harder to get to answer that question as we move on. Right. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. So I will I will say one thing that's definitely like prevalent between all aspects of anime, depending no matter what studios, what studio makes it is mm-hmm. the characters themselves. Um, okay. Anime does a very great job of, of not, the story is not necessarily about the world itself, but it's about the characters within the world, um, mm-hmm. which is you know very different. I guess as me as media moves forward, we're seeing a lot more story driven works versus character driven works, mm-hmm. which goes into you know the um, how things are becoming more bingeable versus right. week by week. Um, but with anime, no matter what story you really you're really you're really looking at, you're always seeing a character develop in some kind of way, and that's kind of what the hook is for us, mm-hmm. um, because there's something within that character that we can relate to in some way, mm-hmm. um, and we want to see them succeed. Um, so then, in the end, we kind of feel like, oh, if they can do that, we can do that too. Whatever, whatever that little thing is, there's something that this this, is, this connects us further. Right. Right. No, that's interesting you say that because I remember when I watched, I only watched like one episode of My Hero Academia, but mm-hmm. when you said that it's more character driven than story driven, that actually makes a lot of sense because I remember watching that episode. It was, I, I felt like I jumped right into that world and they didn't really explain it. Yeah. For the audience. And I think because of what you said, that it was more character driven than anything else explains why they don't feel the need to really um, explain why, uh, how the world works in that regard. So that actually makes a lot of sense now that you said that. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And my, my hero is a great example at that anime, uh, every episode, it's like something will give me chills. Yeah, something will make me just like go crazy, and then I'll watch the next episode and feel the same feelings all over again. I don't know what it is about it. It's just every episode is just like the chills. It's great. Oh yeah, yeah. And what well, I know from like my cousin's um, uh, daughters who are really into my Hero Academia, it's it's very popular and it's probably one of the most popular ones I think in America as well too. And so it's definitely one that is growing in popularity. I I've, like I said, I've only seen one episode and read one free comic book day manga of my hero mm-hmm. academia. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, not to get off a tangent too much, but I remember when I was trying to read manga, apparently it's very different than when you read comics. And so when I was reading it, I know it was right to left, but mm-hmm. I thought it was just right page to left page. Apparently the panels oh, yeah, go yeah. that way too. So I was so confused <laughs> when I was reading, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so when someone pointed that out to me, I was like, Oh my gosh, this makes a a lot more sense now so um but yeah i mean from what i hear my hero academia is very popular and gaining a lot of popularity um in america and and with uh teenagers as well too mm-hmm. with with on with on uh anime so yeah 
Um, so for people who are new to anime or want to mm-hmm. get into it, what are some things that you think they should know about going in? And and the reason why I ask this question is I know you've talked about, um, you know, why you created anime only, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on here. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like there are some things going on in the fandom and the genre that um, probably who people who are going into it probably need to know about that going in. So what are some things that you think would be important for us to know? Uh, well, there's the, there's good and there's the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the good, you will be immersed immediately um, mm-hmm. because, one, there's so many anime out there that um, you won't just want to watch one. You will start a season and then watch all 24 episodes in a day <laughs> and then try to figure out what you're going to watch next. It's, it's, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's a lifestyle, honestly. Um, and then there's, like, the, the little changes that you'll find yourself doing, I think, Tony has mentioned this, uh, Mr. Marvel Light on TikTok, how he started watching Naruto and now he eats a lot more ramen and is curious <laughs> about oh, what other things kind of add to my ramen to make it taste better. And he'll start trying uh, different uh, anime foods that you'll see in anime because something about anime and the detail they put into it, mm-hmm. it's very, depending on what you're watching, some of it can be very realistic. Mm-hmm. So when you see food, you're like, that looks really good. I want to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's like, you know, you'll want to get all the the figures and katanas and whatever else you want to get to kind of showcase your fandom, mm-hmm. uh, which means you'll be broke, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, it, it, it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I think that's true of like any fandom that you're part of, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that's just, awesome. It's there it's very easy to get hooked and I mm-hmm. and I think that's the fun part of of diving into the anime fandom is that there's just so much out there mm-hmm. that you'll never really get bored and you'll find so many characters that you can re- relate to, um so many stories that will inspire you, so many stories that's going to make you cry at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um it's all it's all there and there's just so much out there. Um however, on the bad side there is a certain amount of toxicity within the fandom. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily I haven't experienced it myself because I tend to, I interact with people, but I tend to also seclude myself Mm -hmm. just to kind of avoid the drama, the toxicity, whatever else case may be. It's something I, it's just, this is me as a person. I'm very introverted. Um, So I kind of avoided it, but I know a lot of fans, for example, with my hero academia, um, some people stopped watching it because the fandom was so toxic. Um, because you'll have cases where um, this is not so much my hero but it's overall where you'll say oh Goku is my favorite character and someone say oh but this person can beat Goku and then you're like okay but I didn't we're not talking about a versus (laughs) thing I'm just trying to express my favorite character and it becomes a personal attack on well you are a real anime fan because you only watch Shonen, you haven't watched this, 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 and this Mm -hmm. your character sucks which means you suck and it's just it gets gets really (laughs) It's really bad. Right. Um, and, and it makes it hard to kind of stay being a fan or even talk about it because you might say, oh, I think I like this character. And then someone's going to just drag you because you like X character. Right. Um, and then there's, there's just like, there's a lot of different things. There's, there's so many, there's so many wrongs um, of like this. We could go racism. Uh, yeah. with cosplayers, uh, people just like one of the cosplayers their favorite character because it brings them comfort. And it's like, oh, that character's not black, so you can't cosplay as them. Right. Um, there's sexism. There's um, homophobia. There, I can you can go and go on and on and on and on, and it's you, you can name everything in the book. Um, and it's it's kind of just you have to carefully navigate how you um kind of how you carefully navigate how you interact with others when, when you're within the fandom. Um, And it's not like everyone's like this at all. There's, you know, there's a lot of good out there. Mm -hmm. It's just the bad actors, the bad apples kind of tarnish um, the fandom as a whole. Um, Because a lot of times you hear anime, you think about the bad versus all the good that comes out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because, as you probably know, we're seeing that with some of the other fandoms that, that are out there with Marvel mm-hmm. and DC and Star Wars, Star Trek and all of that. Um, and when you were 
saying that, I want to ask you this question because this is something that I've been thinking about actually for a long time because mm-hmm. I grew up in the age where social media or even cell phones weren't mm-hmm. really a thing until mm-hmm. I remember everybody in my high school pretty much had a cell phone or the majority of them had a cell phone when we were in high school, which is you know different now. Mm-hmm. And you know Facebook wasn't even invented until I got into college. And so it's very different now with the landscape. But I wanted to ask you in talking about this, how much mm-hmm. of this toxicity do you think has been a result of social media? And I ask this because one of the questions I've always asked myself is, would this still exist if we didn't have social media? Because I feel like a lot of these comments are made are made under a curtain of anonymity Mm -hmm. and that I don't think people would say these things in an open space where there's more of an immediate consequence to saying those things. And so, so I've always asked myself that is has social media really because of the nature of it Mm -hmm. given rise to this sort of toxicity that we've been seeing in fandoms because of that. I highly agree with that Um, (laughs) because I think in the past when there wasn't social media, you actually had to go places. Right. And if you went to that place, you were actually really like a diehard fan of wanting to connect to other people who share the same passion as you do. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you went to those spaces, it was very positive because everyone was very accepting because we all have this, this thing that we love. Right. Especially, especially, you know, early 2000s, you didn't talk about how you liked anime. You didn't talk about how you liked Marvel Mm -hmm. um, because um, when you're younger, those kind of things like, oh, you're a nerd, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> completely stupid. <laughs> but you, yeah. know I, you know what I mean? Like, so when you went to these spaces to connect to other people, everyone was in the same mindset that everyone here, we all love the same thing. And this is mm-hmm. the one safe place we have to really talk about the things that we love. Right. Versus now anyone can do it. And I, there's one, there's one comment that I remember while I was talking about the toxicity and it was about when I announced anime onlys and someone said the only reason there's so much toxicity now is because of the rise of TikTok. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that makes sense because we had, you know, the people who really loved anime kind of kick off this niche on TikTok mm-hmm. and anime started getting so popular that everyone else was like, Oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Let me try it. Let me see what that is. And then you have, some content creators who will who will start drama just to start drama because it'll get them views, mm-hmm. um, which then influences the people that watch them. So then right. they go to other channels and say, "Oh, your character sucks." Da 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 da, mm-hmm. and it kind of is like it's just a, a downward spiral that stems from something somewhere, but right. it all is on social media. And like you said, there's the uh, anonymity. Um, people just say whatever they want to say because they're trying to be cool. They, the different factors of it, they're trying to be cool. There's something you know going on in their life, mm-hmm. um, so they try to tear down others um, and kind of, but using their fandom against them in a way. Right. Um, so yeah, just, I would highly agree that social media is definitely the reason um, for a lot of the toxicity that exists with fandoms, but also just like within the world itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't go into politics or anything like that. But, you know, we have everyone saying this, this, this and this because right. they can, because they know that they won't get in trouble for it. And that's kind of on both sides of the fence. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and as people who are content creators, we know that there's a lot of positive go with social media. And mm-hmm. I, I will say that, you know, I met a lot of people through social media that mm-hmm. I probably would never meet in my life because of that. Um, but that is the downside with social media is everything that you said. It seems like it's just given more of a megaphone for everybody with this idea that there's not immediate consequence to what they're saying. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really transform, you know, our society and culture at the same time with just like what you said, everything else that we've been seeing as well too. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you know, just like, with any other genre, there always mm-hmm. seems to be some sort of subculture. And I know you talked about that a little bit already with anime and the food and people wanting to do that um, mm-hmm. and, and learn how to cook the foods and try them out and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe what the subculture of anime is like currently? Is it different than what it was 30 years ago? Or how would you maybe describe, explain that to somebody? Um, I would say it's greatly changed. Okay. Um, I guess... I wouldn't say it's changed in terms of like, of like what 
kind of goes on within the fandom itself and mm-hmm. like the things that we love like cosplay um anime food and all these different things but i think its acceptance has changed okay um kind of how i mentioned before and this kind of goes with all fandom as a whole mm-hmm. um you know before we wouldn't talk about how we like certain things but now we have the space to do so and find others who who um also love the fandom we can openly express that like we see people walking down the street with with uh an anime character on their shirt right um that's something you would never see because that would you then you would be identified as like, you like anime <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> calling them out on that right <laughs> yeah like i remember like growing up like i there's some people i told like i like the i like pokemon and stuff like that but there was one person in high school and we're going to like i think a golf tournament and we're talking about something he's like oh yeah i like dragon ball z and i was like you like Dragon Ball? <laughs> what? So, like, that's the, it's that kind of thing. Like, before, it's like, if you found someone like anime, it was more like, a, oh, my gosh, you like anime, too? Right. Versus <laughs> now, it's so much easier to find people who like anime and openly will talk about that, openly will express that they enjoy this medium. People are openly more accepting of people's fandoms now, so it allows us to kind of further explore the culture, and I think that's why it's been such a boom overall within anime of it kind of again um growing beyond the japanese culture mm-hmm. um because one the japanese culture is interesting in itself already yeah um and i think through anime people just want to know more um but also it's just it's just we just get so immersed in these these worlds that we just want to express that more mm-hmm. um and now we have the ability to do so which is great yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. And, and I agree with you that it seems like it's definitely a lot more open in the world and that the mm-hmm. subculture isn't necessarily a subculture anymore. Because just like you said, when I was growing up, if people liked Dragon Ball Z and, and anime and things like that, it wasn't necessarily discussed openly. But, you mm-hmm. know, you, you know, like if they were drawing something in aftercare or something like that, it was usually anime. So, you know mm-hmm. that they liked anime, but not directly because they were wearing the merchandise that comes with it and everything. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's the similar experience I've had too growing up. So, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. And it's interesting that you like, you know, you see like in stores, like Walmart now has manga. Yes. Has <laughs> anime pop Funkos. And you know, you just kind of see, you're just seeing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, one thing I, I thought about was the, uh, area 51, kind of meet up oh yeah and the, Nar- the naruto run <laughs> that's how you know everything's changed <laughs> i forgot about that but you're right yeah <laughs> um so with the with the nerd initiative you started mm-hmm. a site called anime onlys can you mm-hmm. uh, explain what that is exactly and, and what came of it yeah so anime onlys I mean, it's still a work in progress. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of an idea that kind of came out of nowhere through a conversation with Michael, uh, mm-hmm. Superhero Talk, um, just kind of getting started to talk to him about Nerd Initiative. And he's like trying to get to know me, like what I'm about. And I was like, I want to do an anime site. He's like, cool, let's do it. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of it, a lot of the last couple of months have been like trying to figure out, okay, what is this site exactly going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, but at its core, um, especially with our conversation with social media and the toxicity that exists is mm-hmm. to create a place that actually is safe uh, for fans to express their fandom. And that's their initiative too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, you know, we're working to figure out ways that we can actually enforce rules to make sure people aren't, aren't spewing hate and all these different things. Um, but overall the goal is to create a place that people can feel safe and then also give them a sense of immersion into the anime world. Um, so what that looks like is, of course, we have we'll have the normal anime sites usually have like your anime episode explains your anime facts, which is normally what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's so much more out there. So um, if you're watching Naruto, you might like this anime, too. Um, if you started watching this, well, then here's all the different things that's going to happen once you enter the fan- fandom, which we expressed like you're going to want to try more ramen, anime food. You start spending a lot more money on, on merch and all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the site as a whole right now, um, at least moving forward, at least for right now, is is trying to really capture what it means to be part of this fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, what comes with that um, in terms of like 
the love you feel for your characters and the ability to express that and how you want to showcase your love for anime in terms of finding quality anime merch, trying different things out, finding new shows. Right. Um, and eventually we want it to be a place that, you know, everyone can actually connect with each other mm-hmm. um, in a safe place to actually discuss their love for anime characters and everything else without feeling like they're going to be attacked for expressing that feeling. Right. That's great. Now, and, and remind me, and I'll put a link in this in the show mm-hmm. notes as well, too, but the site isn't live yet, but people no. can find a lot of the anime content on the Nerd Initiative website mm-hmm. now, and eventually mm-hmm. it'll kind of be part of that, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, good. Um, and one of the things you have mentioned with anime onlys is that you are hoping to create that safe space, and we already mm-hmm. talked about this already with some of the previous questions I've asked as well, too. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of want to open up to... Um, the idea of combating toxicity with the anime mm-hmm. genre and fandom. Is there anything else that is going on that we might want to be at least aware of that you haven't already mentioned already? If we mm-hmm. mentioned everything, then that's fine. We can go on the next question. Yeah. But I wanted to know if there's like anything else that you're seeing as a fan of anime of mm-hmm. how it's being toxic that we haven't touched on yet. Um, not really. I think I think I hit all the the, the major key points. Um, but I, th- I think overall, and this is both like a creator stance and also as a viewer stance, mm-hmm. um, creators are starting to become limited to what they feel like they can talk about mm-hmm. um, because they know if they mention something the wrong way, uh, bring up a certain character they know what's coming in their comments. Right. And they know that it's going to lead to attacks against like other people in their comment section, but also themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Because for whatever reason, the comments that you will, you'll see can get really dark. Right. Of this being like, you should, you know, frankly, like you should go die because you like this certain character and you don't agree with my opinion. Right. Like that shouldn't that shouldn't happen at all. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, and then it's the same thing with you know the, this the fans itself of this being like I can't really say I like this character because this entire community is going to attack me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, people avoid the My Hero Academia fandom because they know it's just it's chaos. It's right. not you don't want to be there, <laughs> um, which sucks. Yeah. Um, like someone told me in the comment, like in a comment, it's like I stopped watching My Hero Academia because of the fandom, and like that shouldn't be that way. Right? You should yeah. be able to love what you love without feeling like you're going to be attacked or ridiculed for it. Right. Um. So that's that's the kind of the goal of anime only too is like we want to give creators a space to really express what they want to express. They want the way they wanted to express it, mm-hmm. and also give the fans the ability to do the same in their own way. Um, and it's kind of build this sense of community that they, you know, they finally feel, finally feel safe for once to kind of just be themselves. Right. Which then goes back to, you know, my journey as a content creator as well. And this, you know, asking who am I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm an anime fan. I love Marvel. I love DC. I love anime. Uh, I like this, this, and this, and this, and I should be able to really own that and feel safe, you know, being who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the, that, that's really the overall goal. And that's the kind of the key point that I want to hit that right. I can think of right now. Um, and, you know, the goal moving forward to, cause we only can control our community. Mm-hmm. We can't control what happens on TikTok. We can't happen on TikTok, uh, Twitter, Facebook, so forth. But I'd love to get to the point that we can work with, other expos like anime expo, mm-hmm. uh, crunchy rules convention work with these big name companies to really talk about, okay, as a whole, as these pillars within the fandom, how can we do better? Right. Because if we can do better, everyone else can do better too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And you know, it's, it's unfortunate that that's what's happening in these fandoms right now, because mm-hmm. it's almost, we have a reverse of what we had 20 or 30 years ago where we can't openly express our love for this fandom because, you know, the outside world will be judging us on that. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like it's a flip of the people who consider themselves the hardcore fans and get into 
those really toxic comments and mm-hmm. gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a reverse of why people are being shunned from the fandoms right. that they love for one reason or the other. So it used to be that, you know, they'd be judged by people who are not fans and now they're being judged by the people who say they're fans, you know? And so yeah. it's, it's just, it's, it's like that quote from the dark Knight, uh, where he says, uh, you know, you either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become mm-hmm. a villain. I feel like this mm-hmm. <laughs> explains the fans. That's such a good way to explain it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this, the sad thing is too, it's like you're getting judged from the inside, but not also the outsides judging you even more because of the people inside making it worse for everyone else. Right. Yeah. Cause when you, when you hear the word, Oh, I like anime the casual person is thinking about all the bad stuff they heard about the community. Right. Because the good is being covered by the bad. Right. It, it's so sad to see that, see that happen. Right. Yeah, I agree. So, well, and hopefully with this episode and with anime only is like, we could try to <laughs> turn that around as much as yeah. possible. So, yeah. Um, if somebody wanted to get into anime, mm-hmm. uh, I know you touched about this a little bit earlier. Um, do you have any recommendations on where you think they should start first? I know you talked about, you know, trying something out and just see what you like and everything. Mm-hmm. I know for me, it was Star Wars Visions was the one mm-hmm. that really changed my perspective of what anime can be and what it is and what it is and everything. But do you have any recommendations on um, if somebody want to get into anime? Is there mm-hmm. a show or movie that you think would be really exciting for them to see as like a prime example of what yeah. anime is? Uh, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now. I'm probably the worst recommendation person. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. That, 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 I don't do it that often. Okay. Um, but I think there's there's two ways to look look at this. I think first, as like a casual person that's just getting into anime has no idea, I would say find something similar to what you already like to watch. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're into, for example, a lot of comics or Marvel watch shonen because there's a lot of similar themes between both genres mm-hmm. um if you like romance okay then watch a rom-com anime mm-hmm. um there's just so many more so many out there for example one i really love is comey can't communicate mm-hmm. which is basically about this high school girl who suffers from social anxiety and she has this goal to make 100 friends in school um oh. and it's kind of one of those it's this very since i suffer with suffer with social anxiety as well um it's very heartwarming to just kind of see this character kind of go through something that i also go through and then succeed and i just want to root for this person it's like yes go 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 you did it let's clap give a round of applause kind of thing <laughs> um so that's that's what i highly recommend actually for um kind of like a rom-com kind of a slice of life um but I would say if you if you didn't want to go that route trying to find something that's very similar to something you already watch, I would say right now stick to the new gen anime. Okay. Um, which is like um just to name some shonen off that I that I know of is like uh Attack on Titan, Fire Force, mm-hmm. um, Doctor Stone, um what else we got? Chainsaw Man. Um, because because they're um, 12 to 24 episode seasons, they're mm-hmm. a lot more digestible right. and kind of pick up the pace really, really fast. Um, because I know a lot of new anime fans, they find it hard to watch like Naruto or One Piece or Bleach because there's so many episodes and so much filler mm-hmm. that if you tell them, oh, there's a thousand episodes of One Piece, they're not going to want to watch that at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just I'll, stick our foot in the water first yeah, before we dive yeah. in the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my wife's brother a couple months, like a month ago, and he mentioned the same thing. He's like, oh, yeah, I tried to watch anime, but it's just so long. And I was like, oh, it's not like that anymore. Um, mm. Everything's more 12 episodes to 24 episodes. It's very fast, very quick pace. You're in and you're out and right. you're on something else or watching the watch the next season if there is one he's like oh okay i'll have to try that out right so i would say anything released within the last like five year span Mm -hmm. definitely start there Mm -hmm. and then work backwards gotcha yeah well and i think it was really important that you had shared that within anime there's all the kinds of genres that Mm -hmm. we already have in the non-anime world as well too so there's the rom-com anime there's the superhero anime there's Mm -hmm. the comedy yeah sci-fi all those things so like all those genres exist in anime it's not that anime is this blanket world Mm -hmm. of they're all the same in that regard but there's you know those genres within anime as well too so that's good to know yeah yeah 
Um, so last question, then we do have uh, questions from listeners as well, too. But mm-hmm. what are you excited about the most with the future of anime? I know we talked a little bit about the pros and cons and the toxicity of anime. But with the future of anime, what are you the most excited mm-hmm. about? I would say it's growth. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely insane to see how far the medium has come. Um, especially from the days of like Dragon Ball and Naruto um, and people knew about it, but they didn't know about it, but they did know about it. (laughs) And now it's kind of transcended everything. We're seeing Dragon Ball Z and Fortnite, Mm -hmm. Um, seeing Naruto and Fortnite. You're starting to see (laughs) all these different anime characters plastered on billboards and in stores. And we're seeing, we're getting more us releases. Dragon Ball super superhero Mm -hmm. had an IMAX release, which is unheard of. Yeah. Um, and then it it beat the record for Pokemon, I believe, which is oh wow, crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 crazy to see how much it's growing, and I'm excited to kind of see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I honestly think that it's starting to get to the point that's going to start to get into how we see Marvel here in the U.S. It's right. like it's going to be a staple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I. I I'm curious to kind of see how that starts to leak into other things, such as Marvel has, because you Marvel. Um, someone told me the other day, it's like, oh, there was a sticker, a Marvel sticker on a banana. We don't know why the Marvel sticker is on a banana, but it's there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just things like that. And it's like little things to like kind of see like how far it goes and yeah. um, people to. I'm really excited to see people appreciate the, the uh, medium more mm-hmm. um, and what it represents and the storytelling it has. And I think also how, how, if possible, how the storytelling starts to affect other mediums. Right. Um, especially if it's starting to pick up here, especially with, you know, how trends work. Mm-hmm. Something starts going off over here. So we're going to try to take elements of that and put it over here. How is that going to affect modern storytelling? It's in terms of regular TV and movies. Are we going to start to see it kind of go back to character driven stories. Right. Um, because people are starting to pick up on anime more and more. And that's what anime is character driven stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just really excited about this, how far it can go in the growth and um, how the fandom will continue to change and evolve. Um, hopefully we'll fix the toxicity problem. Yes. Of course we, we can't fix all of it. It's always going to be there, but hopefully we can get to a point where there's a lot more positive um, and right. the negatives are highlighted a lot less. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that's the goal. And, and hopefully, just like what you said, we can at least flip where it's at now and that it, the toxicity is actually down in a minimum. There's, you'll never actually get rid of the toxicity mm-hmm. of any fandom, but we can do a lot to try to minimize that impact at least. So especially for people who used to enjoy it and now they can't because of what's been going on. So Right, right, right. Yeah. All right, so our question from our listeners, we had one mm-hmm. question. This comes from JJ's Comic Stuff. And his question is, what are your thoughts on the overworked creators in anime and manga? He's seen a lot of people talking about this recently. Okay, so, oh, yeah. um, It's disheartening to yeah. hear, especially, um, especially as... And this goes. This goes. This can kind of go into uh, many different directions. <laughs> um, it's terrible yeah. that you we hear that anime and manga creators are being overworked, mm-hmm. um, especially for example, Mappa, which is one of the biggest uh, studios for anime right now, mm-hmm. and they have. I can't even recall how many products they have in development right now. I think last time I looked, it was like a chart of like nine to 10 anime kind of back to back to back to back oh, wow. going and they keep picking up more projects. Yeah. Um, I recall, I don't know if it was somewhere in Mappa or somewhere else, but I remember they're saying like, Oh, we've been, I haven't seen my family in a month because I've been here in the studio working every day and night, haven't been sleeping well and all these different things. And it, it's, it's sad because there should be a work life balance. It shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when there's so much out there for people to watch, you know, we shouldn't have the need of a, of a studio overworking their, um, overworking their workers. Right. It shouldn't, it doesn't make sense why, but I, I mean, I can see like they, Oh, anime is popping. So let's make all the money we can put all the anime out. We can, because we're going to make the most money. But on the flip side of that, 
you're hurting the people that's creating the, the product for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's very uh, disheartening to see, um, especially when you look at how some of the fandom takes it. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, not only will creators be attacked for just talking about certain characters, you also see animators being attacked for certain scenes. Like, oh, that animation sucked. You did such a terrible job. And I think that's where the story came out of the uh, the person that was at Malpa just work, overworked. Mm-hmm. People were dragging him on Twitter for a certain scene, and then he came out and was like, I've been overworked for, for a month and doing all these different things. I don't care what you have to say. Right. Um, so it, it's just very sad that there is also the lack of empathy mm-hmm. for um, the creators that create what we love to consume. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's also thought I was like, okay, so what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. But since it is created in another country, um, and let, it's kind of more so unless Japan did something about it, there's nothing mm-hmm. we can really do about it because a lot, honestly, when it comes to anime, there's a little, there's still that seclusion while it's breaking down barriers. It's still, it's still a level of conclusion that this is a Japanese created piece of work mm-hmm. and that's what it's for. And this happens to go everywhere else. Right. So yeah. Unless it changes at the source first, mm-hmm. I don't see it changing. Unless, if, if as a whole, we all did something because in a way we don't kind of matter to the success of anime. Right. Right. So what I hear you saying is that we all need to move to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. I will move to Japan and then don't watch anything. <laughs> yeah. right. well, well, Hey, thank you very much for coming on the show to talk about anime. I've had a lot of fun and learned a lot from you from this discussion. So thank you very much before. Oh, welcome. Yeah. Before we let you go, uh, where can we find you online? If we want to connect with you on social media. Yeah, um, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, um, everything's <laughs> under Yassin, that guy, all one word, um, and then Nerd Initiative, um, where we're slowly building anime onlys, um, a lot of exciting stuff I hope will be starting to move within the next month, mm-hmm. um, and we'll see where it goes. I'm very excited. Awesome. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that wraps up another episode of The Caption Life. I hope you enjoyed listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can follow us on social media at Caption Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout-out by tagging us in your post or send us a message. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, visit thecapsinlife.com. 